We've interviewed a number of guests here on the Tech Emergence podcast with PhDs from places like Stanford and Oxford and Harvard, uh, very few who've had a serious part of their working career selling cars. Michael Perry, who joins us on the Tech Emergence podcast, was doing just that for nearly 10 years before founding a company called Kit, which was his third startup. Now acquired by Shopify, Kit is an artificial intelligence application uh, that works in the domain of marketing, uh, running advertisements and email campaigns for customers, now for Shopify customers. Uh, Michael speaks to us this week in the Tech Emergence Podcast about how Kit and Shopify proper leverage AI on a day-to-day basis, and also... Uh, how a non-technical person, someone who does not have a formal background in data science or development, can build a team of smart people to build an AI project. Um, That insight alone, I think, is uh, more than worth tuning into the interview. Michael had a pretty interesting experience in terms of developing his skills in hiring developers, bringing on the right people, getting the right folks on board, Um, and that'll be interesting knowledge for the folks uh, tuned in who might not be technical, might want to work with and hire the best technical people. So without further ado, Michael Perry, who's with Shopify. So, Michael, I first wanted to get into, we've asked this of a, a number of companies recently, where you folks are leveraging artificial intelligence. You're with Shopify now. They, yep. They've acquired Kit, which was yep. uh, your product. I'm interested in, in how Kit and even Shopify proper leverage AI and machine learning as part of their business offering. Yeah. So, I mean, like you said, those are obviously two very separate things. Yep. Kit, uh, we've over the last couple of years been really laser focused on you know building this digital digital employee that essentially goes to work every single day to better serve Shopify merchants. So, you know, AI, uh, deep learning, machine learning, machine intelligence, uh, all of this stuff is is very key to, you know, how we look at our product roadmap and how we continually improve kids' abilities. You know, we spend a tremendous amount of time because, again, we're, we're very focused on building the person on how can we get Kit to a, a behavioral spot where it feels very natural, where it feels like it's building a relationship with Kit, uh, I'm sorry, with Shopify merchants. So we kind of actually touch on, you know, machine learning, uh, artificial intelligence. And I think that Siobhan from Bloomberg Beta so beautifully coined kind of the, the hybrid of the two is machine intelligence. And then Shopify core, you know, you're serving 300,000 people and, you know, at scale, there's so much that you can do with machine learning and, and artificial intelligence, but more so on their end, machine learning with data to kind of better serve their customers. And uh, in terms of, so, well, we'll talk first about Kit, I suppose. And we talk about kind of the digital employee that goes off mm-hmm. and, and uh, embarks uh, on marketing tasks for, for yeah. Shopify uh, customers. What does that look like on a day-to-day? Like in terms of functionality, like give me a couple use cases of Kit sure. sort of in action today. Sure, totally. So we really try to model Kit as if it was sitting in an office space with us, right? So we do 9 a.m. stand-ups every single day. Similarly, you know, you connect your phone to Kit. You can either talk to Kit by way of text message or talk to Kit by way of Facebook Messenger or even Telegram. Uh, you know, it's just whatever your kind of communication preference is. And um, Kit will send you a message at 9 a.m., kind of giving you an update of what's been accomplished. Uh, make a marketing, which it's it's a recommendation, but what we're really seeking for is permission. So a great example would be, hey, Dan, yesterday we sold five products to five customers. Would it be okay with you if I send thank you emails for their business? And you would just say yes or no, and then Kit would go off and, and send thank you emails to those customers. If you uploaded a new product to your Shopify store, you know Kit's going to proactively reach out and say, hey, Dan, saw that we just added a couple new products to our store. Would it be okay with you if I ran an ad on Facebook for $25, yes or no? And what it's doing in the background is all these very you know complex tasks, 
we obviously do best practice with Facebook to build out these custom audiences and look like audiences. So we do all the targeting, we do all the ad placement, we do all the copy, we do all the, um, the, the image, uh, the linking, the pixel tracking. We, we do the whole entire thing that we've been able to kind of build into a workflow of the same way, you know, somebody at Kit would check in with me or get permission for me to go on and do something based on a, a recommendation that they think is the best next step. We kind of we kind of really strive to build that kind of camaraderie with Kit and someone who's selling things through Shopify. Hun, out of curiosity, so this is, I mean, marketing broadly is sheesh. I mean, that's broad. Um, yeah. We'll touch on a couple of these things. I mean, you'd mentioned, can I run a Facebook ad? Yes or no? Yeah. And, and you can click yes. Um, who writes the copy? Like what's the, you know, we look at images, yeah. uh, headlines. I mean, the kind of stuff that sort of discerns and determines ROI that, that marketers try to train themselves on. Where does that get pulled from? Yeah, so we have you know a catalog of copy that we've written. We're actually working with top-notch copywriters who've done messaging for uh, you know big household name brands all the way down to boutique businesses. Uh, we really try to pull copy that we believe is again best connected to the store based on the category of their business. Um, so we it comes preloaded with about fifty different messages, whether it's an ad, an email a campaign, uh, a thank you message to a customer, a thank you message to a repeat customer, a social posting. You know the whole gamut of marketing is basically been pre-thought out based on the stage of their business, based on the category of their business, granularly down to the type of products that they're selling. So, you know, we've spent years building this out and, you know, really kind of trying to pencil every single edge case scenario of a different, you know, different types of businesses that have been using our product and learning from that. Yeah, man. So sort of gleaning through past campaigns, what might work? Hey, this is a shirt. Maybe, yeah. maybe Kit can tell that. Maybe it can't. I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, hey, this is a shirt. Geez, when we talk about shirts, yeah. uh, you know, oftentimes to affinity markets like the ones that we're targeting, this usually works. So here's here's some exactly. here's some headlines that have sort of panned out well in the past. Man, um, that's that, exactly right. And that's, we can we can tough. we can put some nice touch on it. Like if we know if it's a brand new par- product because of Shopify's APIs. Um, you know, it's like, how do we write some messaging to get people excited about something that's new to somebody's store? How do we kind of position a product that hasn't been selling so well? Or how do we position a product that has been selling like hotcakes? So we've really, really taken a deep dive on, you know, building out this intelligence that Kit is able to basically pull from this catalog based on, again, we, we really keep striking on this, the stage of the business, and actually what we believe is the, the appropriate messaging for the business based on that category and stage. Yeah, man, that's and and it, well, what's what's wild, I suppose, for me, Michael, is that as more and more digital platforms become available, I mean, man, you've got Facebook, and then Facebook yeah. releases carousel ads, right? And yeah. then and then Facebook changes the number of letters that you can use yeah. in your subject line, and then Facebook changes the dimensions of the images and doesn't let you do this anymore. Yeah. And, and then the targeting, you know, you you've got one strategy. I mean, you know the deal, right? I mean, yeah. there's there's people there's people with. Twelve million dollar e-commerce businesses predicated on a particular kind and variation of, um, you know, dark post that then all of a sudden goes away on a Thursday. So you guys have to consistently be refilling sort of this engine of inference with these new kinds of available advertising. That feels to me like a like the hardest heavy lifting that you've got. I mean, I could be wrong, but I'm just listening to you. I'm like, man, that's tough. Well, that's why it's taken us years, right? And I think what's what's really beautiful about this too is that we're we're doing everything at best practice. I think that you mentioned a couple of really important things, and that's you know carousel ads, which you know once you're a marketing guy, the multi product ads, 
we have seen based on data aggregate across all of our users that those outperform single product ads, right? And so, you know, we make a larger emphasis to make those recommendations to merchants Got over it. single product ads. We, 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 so what happens is, is that because we're able to kind of aggregate all this information, Kit actually starts performing better based on what it's able to see kind of across the landscape. Uh, more importantly, we're actually able to build everything at best practice. So all of our targeting, when Facebook does make changes, instead of us having to build something into our software, we, we then have to send that out in the emailer and educate everybody. I mean, we're building this into Kit's brain, right? The interface never changes. The conversation thread never changes. But the back end on how Kit performs and works is a constant change. It is a constant improvement. And so, you know, what we really, what we really uh, are, are gravitating towards is just really building this, you know, basically plug and play expert employee that is able to really understand your business almost within seconds because, you know, technology is just magical like that. And uh, really start getting to work and make positive impact on your business. And not only that, but build trust to make the best marketing decisions for your business, you know, as the relationship goes on and just get your blessings to move forward with it. Yeah. I mean, I can see a future, Michael, and obviously you must be envisioning this more ardently than I. Uh, I see a future beyond this and at a certain point it all gets scary. But, <laughs> but, uh, but I see, I see this middle checkpoint where things are friendly and, uh, and hey, we're we're, not talk about the scary no, no, you're right. No, no, not on, not on this podcast. No, no. Um, yeah, this, this is, yeah, this is, this is a, a different uh, interview series. But yeah, I mean, I see a future in you know however many years out, certainly within our lifetimes, where almost no matter what you sell, maybe with a certain amount of prepping and a certain amount of context and a certain amount of initial testing, there is a there will be a program that will be able to test, iterate, create, and garner higher ROI in advertising and uh, a better path to positive ROI scaling on, let's say, Facebook than any human being uh, who who could ever conceivably be born uh, forever. And and that that at some point must be where you folks could be anchored to the point where if you're on Shopify, your best bet bar effing none is to flick on kit and go through the following checklist. And literally, if you hire the best firm in New York City, for Facebook and you were able to burn 5k a day and you want to see how much you could return, your goal would be to get there. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, that's what kind of, that's what kind of brought the marriage together, right? It was like, we were both Shopify and Kit, you know, we we're very passionate about serving the same customer and helping entrepreneurs. And it was just this magical opportunity where it was like, Hey, you guys are building this, you know, state of the art, uh, you know, leading e-commerce platform to help people set up a, sh- a store and sell things online or even in, you know, with their POS system, sell things offline. And our goal is to build every entrepreneur and employee that's going to give them their best chance of success. And, you know, if you can bundle those two things together, I mean, imagine having a plug and play store within five minutes where you have not only your storefront, uh, but your team there to work for you is like a really exciting opportunity as we um, try to change the landscape behaviorally, how people decide to start businesses. Yeah. And we're just really excited about that. I think there's a tremendous amount of promise there. And, um, you know, we'll look forward to seeing what the next decade looks like while we build it. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's interesting to me, and it's a little bit off topic. We'll get into Shopify proper. But um, what's interesting to me is, you know, you look at the financial markets where we have sort of bots in action quite actively uh, at, at all hours, working very hard to make trades and make decisions yeah. and gain inference. When the e-commerce world is in a similar light, you're trying to buy high-heeled shoes. You're trying to buy, you know, books by Plutarch. You're trying to buy, you know, whatever the case may be. And the advertisements that are hitting you are gleaning inference from what other advertisers are doing and constantly optimizing bidding. It that that just turns into a wild world. But of course, 
you know, Shopify can get the edge there, that's that's a big deal. I just I imagine that future once yeah. just like in trading, you yep. know, there's certain cases where the machines are just better than people, everybody yep. has to deal with it, you know? Yep, yep. And I think that I mean that's I think that what you're saying is we're just at our infancy, right? Oh yeah. You know, what's 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 really special and I know that these conversations can get kind of heavy and dark, but you know, we'd like to believe that in, in this world what we're doing is for these businesses that are really kind of doing it by themselves, you know, if we can help get position their business for, for, you know, just being a a revenue generating machine, then hopefully then they can go hire somebody that helps them with logistics or help them, you know, we can help, help expand and help grow their business. And we actually envision a world where, you know, this is like really step one in terms of AI, like, you know, a person like Kit and uh, a person like me someday could be working hand in hand to build the future of commerce. I mean, I I think without a doubt uh the, the future of sort of advertising and marketing is going to involve a lot of these technologies so it's interesting uh-huh. to get a to get a sense for where your guys vision is in, in terms of and, and michael i know you you've worked with kit for years before joining in with shopify and now you're there um in terms of shopify itself the, the core of shopify just as a brief sort of overview where does shopify itself leverage ai and, and machine learning and in, in what sense they're working with a lot of data working with a lot of people although i, I must admit i do not know sort of where artificial intelligence plays uh, a role in its, its day-to-day functions? Yeah, I think it's less um, AI as much as it is like, you know, a machine learning opportunity, right? So like Shopify, it's just so amazing. Like the one thing that has blown my mind is just like, you know, how smart they are as a business. Like, you, you know, when you're starting a company, you kind of think you know a tremendous amount. You learn as, I think you think you know a lot more on day one than towards the end of your journey you're yep. um, building on your own. You're like, shit, I really knew nothing, right? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And what they're realizing is that, you know, just like in the consumer world, you know, apps provide a tremendous amount of power and opportunity. And how can Shopify behaviorally learn what apps are, you know, really good recommendations for them to make for stores based again on their stage, based again on their category to try to help them have more success on the platform. So I think, you know, keeping it fairly high level, just because they're not my departments and I don't know how much I'm allowed to say, but I think, yeah. <laughs> you know, keeping it high level, I think what's really great is it's being applied in a way to help people have more success. And, you know, that's just such a radical, beautiful thing when there's a company that's willing to invest so heavily into its infrastructure so that it can really behaviorally learn or or make the best possible recommendation so that you have the best possible chance of succeeding across their product. Um, It's just just such a strong uh, testament to their mission statement in helping build entrepreneurs. uh, Part of the excitement of me being there for sure. And and so recommendation engines, now I, I don't, Presently, I don't leverage Shopify in terms of selling our stuff uh, on the web here. But in yeah. terms of most stores, there is some there is some possibility of having you know related products. I imagine as as part yeah, of totally. the shore layout. Yeah, so that that most certainly, I mean, in terms of a recommendation engine, would be you know informed by a machine learning process. And with as many stores as Shopify has, there's a lot of that going on. Three hundred thousand and counting. Yeah, and pretty uh, wild. It's great. And if I can encourage you by the end of this call to start a Shopify store, I'd be internally grateful. We can, <laughs> we can work together to make that switch. Man, I did this interview and then this guy told me to. Sold, uh, me, sold me on the yeah, <laughs> Dag nabbit. And now a machine runs, a yeah. machine runs all my friggin' ads. Um, but, uh, yes, I, I, uh, Get to work, man. At, at some point, at some point, that that seems uh, relatively inevitable. Michael, my my last question I wanted to run by you. I know that, you know, you, you worked in uh, auto sales and have a sort of, interesting and eclectic background pre getting into this artificial intelligence marketing business and then getting acquired by Shopify. With regards to leveraging artificial intelligence as a fellow who, you know, didn't get a PhD in 
uh, machine learning, but had a different kind of background experience. What were some sort of core lessons from building an AI product and not yeah. being an AI guy that you had to learn? Yeah. So, you know, I think what's, what's really interesting and one thing that I really love about this, this question is that, you know, it's, it's such a renaissance time for people to go out and be entrepreneurs. And I think that a lot of people are so nervous that they aren't a PhD student or that they don't have a computer science degree or they, you know, didn't go to Stanford or Cal or Harvard or wherever, uh, that they're kind of limiting themselves to build great technology. And, you know, it's true. I, I do not have, you know, some insane deep PhD domain knowledge on artificial intelligence. I've had some dinners with some, you know, exceptional people that are experts in the space. And you're just, your mind is just blown about how secure, but it's actually kind of a competitive advantage to not know a tremendous amount, right? Uh, you almost don't have to overthink it. There's so many great APIs out there now. And if you can partner with a really great engineer, you know, I think that, you know, when we built Kit, there was no bot, there was no bot world. There were, you know, we were kind of on our own island for a very long time. We were the only ones out there. We were screaming from mountaintops that the future was in this kind of bot AI technology. And, uh, you know, no one wanted to listen for a while. And so the, the hard thing for us was that we had to, you know, really start from scratch. There was no API ecosystem. There was no Facebook providing technology to help build bots. There was no, the, the resources just weren't available. And today, in today's world, they're totally available. My biggest piece of advice, though, that I would give is, to stay laser focused on what you're trying to accomplish. You know, like it doesn't have to be in the beginning, out the gate. You don't have to have, you know, complete natural language processing. You don't have to have, you know, AI throughout your whole entire product. There's a lot of decision tree stuff that you can do. There's a million ways that you can get started, but taking a very narrow approach versus trying to take this very broad holistic approach is just, I think, really damaging for people. And I've spoken to so many guys that want to get into it. And, you know, they want to kind of figure out how to fly from here to Mars to the moon and back. And it's just about keeping it as simple as possible and making the best product you possibly can. Huh, so, yes, what are the function? What's the functionality that we actually need? What's the, what's the, the, te- the limited technology that we can use to get to it? Instead of shooting the moon in every direction, you know, knuckling down and, and remaining focused on, on the things that, that uh, you know you need to do. Obviously, for you, you also had to find the technical folks to sort of jump on the mission. I think it, it is quite clear that you don't need to go to Stanford, you know, to have a successful business. You know, Rockefeller and and Ford, you know, did did actually pretty well, uh, and so did so did so did Vanderbilt. You know, better than like people who are alive today, like any of them, like any of them. Uh, yeah. So you know, Stanford didn't exist. So with that being said, I mean, you though, I mean, at least building a technical product, still you got to have those skills on the team. You are the leader yep. of that team. How do you go about finding folks? Hey, I don't I don't write this kind of wacky code. But you're into this stuff, man. We could build something great. How did that work out for you? How did you attract the technical count talent you needed to build a company like Kit? Yeah, so it's it's kind of two part. One is I got really really lucky. Like I'm just very honest about that. I you know Kit was the third startup that I tried to build. Luckily, it was the one that worked out. Um, and I learned a lot from failing too before that. The guy that I started the very first one with eight years ago is the guy that still sits next to me today. So we've got an eight year long working relationship. And, oh, that's, that's a good uh, setup. That's the, that's the key asterisk there that we, we started when we were, you know, our early twenties together and never, never left each other's side. Even though he told me he was going to quit on me about 5,000 times because I'm a looney tune, but you know, <laughs> convincingly got him to, to stay on board. Nice. Um, the second thing is, is that there's some shame in making this statement because it is, there's some, a bit of dishonesty there, but. I, I went and I worked at a technical recruiting firm for a year and I would just interview every single person, whether there was a job um, or not a job. And I would meet every engineer that I possibly could. That's how we got our first iOS developer at the last startup we tried to do. I went to every networking event. I went to every meetup. 
And, you know, I didn't care whether it was embarrassing that I didn't know anything, but, you know, and it took some time. But now I taught myself through Code Academy how to do front end engineering. I tried to build some domain knowledge and expertise yeah. because I think the one thing that, you know, engineers hate is for some wacky entrepreneur to say, hey, let's go build this together. It's going to be a billion dollar business. And you really don't know what the hell you're talking about, right? Yeah. And so if you're really serious, then you got to take, uh, educating yourself very serious and you don't necessarily need to be an engineer but you got to kind of try to educate yourself on the process that's the least that you can do and so yeah. i made that commitment to myself got it yes so i i think it would be lazy uh you know to say man well you know i don't even need to know the first thing about it i think you you have to you have to totally. be able to assess the skills of the people you hire you have totally. to show that level of commitment you have to have the domain expertise with that being mentioned you said a technical recruiting firm like you worked for them to learn how to recruit technical folks or you yeah. did you did the job of recruiting for I did the job of recruiting for your site ah. so i was in the car business i started a photo sharing website uh back in 2006 it was around for a couple of years that fizzled out i decided that i wanted to become a tech tech entrepreneur uh got out of the car business you know, couldn't find anybody. So I took a job as a technical recruiter, made up job postings, would interview people for those postings. And then I would start the conversation, by the way, you know, I want to build this iOS app and this and that. And that's how I got my first iOS engineer. Wow. And, uh, then I quit that job and, you know, self-financed my first business and the rest is kind of history. But meeting people and understanding their background and understanding the way they think and understanding what they care about as engineers became a very vital skill set in terms of just recruiting into the oh, future and, you know, time. building it. Yeah. So big I really time. encourage people to do it. You know, they, the problem is, you know, as you know, Dan, you're, you're a really successful guy. I've done some homework on you, but so many people want that instant gratification of just making it. But yeah, very, man. very, very, very few people are willing to play the long game. And um, I was very committed to playing the long game. Yeah. And there's a, there's a life lesson that will transfer out of the domain of artificial intelligence for you listeners of the Tech Emergence podcast. Um, but yes, uh, so that's, that's fascinating. I have to say, I don't think I've ever heard of anyone saying, yep, I actually was a technical recruiter for a while so that I could learn what engineers really need and want and, and are kind of pushed and pulled by when it comes to selecting a job. That is a fascinating bit of insight and, and a kind of a testament of commitment that, man, that's, that's making me think. I'm like, I wrote that one down. So anyway, all right, good good uh, good pointer there for the non-technical folks uh, among us, but I definitely dug that one a lot. Michael, that's all that we have for time, and I'm glad that we got to interview you here for the Tech Emergence Podcast. Thanks for being here, man. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a true honor. That wraps up today's episode here on the Tech Emergence Podcast, and thanks for tuning in. If you'd like to stay in touch with our latest interviews with C-level executives and top researchers and thinkers in the domains of AI and the intersection of technology and intelligence, then make sure to subscribe here on iTunes or visit us on our main website at techemergence.com, where you can see all of our interviews broken down by category, as well as articles, news, market research, and trends in artificial intelligence. If you found this episode particularly thought-provoking, feel free to leave your thoughts in a review here on iTunes, or you can feel free to reach out to us at our main website. Thanks as always for tuning in, and I'll catch you next week.